Alrighty, uh, welcome back to episode eight of the Strength Institute podcast. Today we have Zoe Kruger here with us, um, who is a powerlifter and also a powerlifting referee, which is what we're going to talk about more so today. Uh, Zoe has uh, refed at 23 different meets, uh, ranging across two different federations. So that's GPC and CAPO. And she is actually a national level referee in both of those federations and looking, I believe, to soon upgrade to a, a world level referee uh, in one or both. Uh, probably probably Capo this year and hopefully GPC next year. Perfect, which would allow you, I'm assuming, then to be able to referee at uh, World Championships. Yep. 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 Fantastic. Uh, in addition to those 23, well, I think including those 23 uh, competitions that she has refed at, um, they range from uh, local to state to national level here in Australia. Yep. Um, but you've also been uh, involved in some of Australia's biggest invitational events, such as Pro Raw 10, Pro Raw 11, and mm -hmm. Big Dogs 3. Yep. And uh, for those who don't know, um, that's some of the best lifters from around the world that get invited to come to these meets. Yep. And they're throwing around some of the uh, in pretty incredible weights. Yeah, so, crazy weights. Yeah, absolutely. So, Zoe, thanks very much for coming yeah. onto the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, yeah. my pleasure. Um, I guess I just wanted to start with uh, how you got into powerlifting and then how you got into refereeing. Yeah, all right. Well, I um, kind of stumbled across powerlifting by accident. I was in a commercial gym um, and I was invited to come to a, a strength and conditioning boot camp in my hometown. I'm from Tamworth in New South Wales. And as part of that boot camp, the powerlifting movements featured quite strongly and um, I just fell in love with that. Quit my commercial gym joined that gym, trained there for about three or four months, and then I moved to Perth for work. Um, and I've been here ever since. Like, I think that was in February 2016 that I moved here and I found Muscle Pit and been, been training consistently uh, since then. I've competed eight times, <laughs> coming up to my ninth time uh, in three years, in uh, six, weeks, six weeks time, seven weeks time at Nationals. Yeah. Nationals? Yeah. Capo so, or? Capo Nationals, yep. yeah. Perfect, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's, that's pretty much it. And then what made you decide to jump into the uh, refing? Um, I think I wanted to give back, um, like I saw, obviously sports like powerlifting don't run without the help of volunteers, so I, I started out helping on the score desk and I think I, I saw refereeing as a natural progression to that, wanted to give it a go, so I jumped in and haven't looked back since, <laughs> so I've been refereeing since about July 2017, and yeah, I've done the 23 meets in about 23 months, so. Okay, well, wow. so a lot, a lot. Yeah, a lot of different <laughs> yeah. meets, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Can yeah. you talk about some of the um, the bigger meets or the funner meets that you've been a part of, and what yeah. that was like? Yeah, I think um, I was asked to go do Pro Raw uh, 10 last year, so that was, that was a massive opportunity, one that I didn't expect to have so quickly. I think it was only my fifth or sixth meet refereeing so that was a lot of faith put in me at that point so I was very nervous very scared but um, it was very intense three-day competition uh, it's held in the um, the Arnold uh, I guess the three-day Arnold the um, Arnold classic. Australia's yeah, yeah, the Arnold yeah. Classic Australia. yeah so it's held within that exhibition um, yeah insane lifting like I, I will never forget some of, some of the lifts that I refereed probably the one that stood out most was um, he's regarded as the world's best squatter his name's Vlad Alzahov and at the time, he squatted the world record of 505 kilos, and I side refereed that squat, and it was perfect. Like, wow. it was insane. Then the crowd was going off. It was just nuts, yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're going to get to the different pressure points for you as well. Yeah. I mean, when you were dealing with um, with these athletes that are lifting such incredibly mm. big weights, and, uh, and, you know, 
not only the invitationals, but mm. even at national level events, they're trying to break Australian records and, yeah. and really going for it. Do you feel a lot of pressure being a, a referee? I know that uh, coming from a background of rugby, the referees cop a lot of slack from the sidelines. Um, <laughs> have you found that in powerlifting or is it a lot more respectful? Um, or what, what's it like when, when you have all this pressure? Hey, if this guy yeah. misses by a centimeter, you're going to give him a red light and that might you know, deprive him of an of a yeah. Australian record. Or, yeah. yeah, look, I, I used to struggle a lot more than I do now. Um, I think powerlifting, there is like way more sledging than I've ever seen in any other really? sport with, with refereeing. Okay. Yeah. So and that's something I'd like to see change. Um, I think that's probably for a few reasons that, that people really dislike referees. I think um, one of them's probably there's no real formal qualifications that you need to attain other than sitting an exam. So I can I can kind of understand, but I'd like to see that change. Um, but yeah. Sure. But I mean even even so for the bigger events, they're going to obviously have referees that are mm. getting a better reputation. So the yeah. referees that perform better are going to get invited back to yeah. or asked to attend these bigger events. Exactly. And I think it's just, for me, it's just now a matter of, you know, the rule book. The rule book says what you can and can't do. So it's a matter of making a, a very simple yes or no call. And I just take all the emotion out of it. It doesn't matter who it is. You just, you just have to make the call regardless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I guess going into a little bit more... Uh, the technical side of things, mm-hmm. um, especially for the people that aren't super familiar with with powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, powerlifting, you have your squat, your bench, and your deadlift. Uh, in your mind, as a referee, which one of those three has the most issues on a platform on competition day? Oh, I don't know. It's it, that's really hard. You know, people, different people struggle with different things. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends on the proficiency of the lifter. Um, I think. Probably the one of the more difficult ones for people is um, legal squat depth. So, you know, there's going to be different opinions out there on what that really means, but the interpretation that you should glean from the rule book is, is the correct one, not what a gym bro says. So I guess we can talk about that a, a bit if you'd like. Yeah, well, I guess <laughs> what, why don't we maybe break it down into each of the three lifts. So you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, for the squat, which is your first lift in a powerlifting mm-hmm. meet, um, uh, squat depth, yeah. you know, how low they have to get mm. is is one of the hot topics. Yeah, um, I mean, there's always with. in powerlifting, guys. For those that don't know, you have to you have to actually listen. So if you have compliance <laughs> issues, you're going to have an issue powerlifting because they give mm. you calls on when you uh, can re-rack the weights mm. and when you can start your movements, things like that. Uh, and so in um, powerlifting, uh, you're meant to get. To parallel, below parallel. This is where the rule book will say. All right, tell us what the rule. Tell us what the rule book says. So I'll, I'll paraphrase a bit, but um, basically the rule book r- refers to two reference points when judging a squat. So instead of using you know parallel or hip crease, I really really don't like that. It, it refers to the top surface of the leg at the hip joint. So you're looking at where the hip joint is, so that pivot point. And you're looking at the top surface of the leg outside that, so from the side, um, and the top of the knee, which is the knee joint, so the bone. So okay. Those two points. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, uh, judges, as they gain more experience, they're going to be able to judge that um, a lot better and, and quicker and easier than when they start. And I think, um, you know, what referees when they start out, they're going to judge it far more harshly. I think that you know they're going to they're going to want to see some deep deeper squats than where they actually probably need to go. Okay. So <laughs> so we're saying top surface of the hip joint on the uh, sorry top surface the of the leg, leg yeah at, at the hip joint at the hip joint <laughs> yeah and the top, the top surface of the knee. Now we're yeah. talking sort of the patella because usually when you see guys yeah, squatting, so the, yeah. they're going to have their quad which is quite high and then so yeah. it dips down to where their kneecap is. So which part are we looking at so at the, the knee joint? Yeah, the at bone. The bone. So 
the hard solid. Okay. Yeah. All right. Not that you can see that. But. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, we will do some demonstrations after yes. this video, after this podcast. Um, yeah. Okay. At the bone. Yeah. And so. You know, in the gym, it's thrown around. We want to get to, to parallel or below no. parallel, <laughs> or we want the hip crease. And the hip crease, I guess, no, is confusing because no. when people think hip crease, they're thinking basically where the yeah. top surface folds into the hip. Yeah, so you're saying so that's not the good way to no, think about it. because if you're looking at it from the side, and we, we can have a look at that later, like a hip crease, because it's a variable distance, like it goes around the whole of the top of the leg, it's, um, it's going to look probably most in most cases deeper um, than where the actual reference point is that you should be looking at. So sure. it's not an accurate way to judge depth, I guess. Yeah. All right, all right. And you also mentioned there, you know, you have side referees and then there's also a front or the, the head, head referee. referee. Yep. Okay, mm. and so do they have different roles? Um, look, the only thing that really differs is that the head referee uh, gives the commands and they're responsible for letting the lifter know when the bar is loaded and ready for them. Um, there's no, this is something else that's a bit of a myth, is that um, head referees can't call squat depth from the front, and the reality is that they can. There's no rule in the rule book saying they can't. So, um, yeah, there's, there's simple rules of performance and there's reasons for disqualification, and any referee can, um, I guess, you know, say no, that's, that's not to the rules or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Would you find as a head referee though that you would call squat depth less than being a side referee? Probably because less, Because people yeah. with big quads could really obstruct yeah. that view of the hip? Yeah, look, squat like stance and the, yeah, the amount of muscle or mass on someone's leg can affect how you see that. But if it's obviously high, I call it. Yeah. Like, in, in saying that though, in 23 competitions, I think I've called it five times. So it's got to be blatantly obvious okay yeah. now can we run through just a few dot points uh for people that are working on their squat in the gym sort of what uh would be a good three white light powerlifting squat in terms of calls depth uh movements double movements everything yeah. like that um i guess well yeah definitely wait for the commands i think people as they gain more experience um in competition they're less likely to make that mistake but you often see it in people's like second or third first competitions they they're so nervous that they forget i've seen it actually i've seen it at international level too um where lifters they don't they don't they just don't wait and they just start squatting and <laughs> you look like you look like an idiot <laughs> so just wait um yeah just a i guess um squatting to to depth um so to that legal depth that we described earlier uh, making sure that in your ascent there's no uh, double movement so no downward movement of the bar um, and then moving back up. Are they allowed to come up, hit a sticking point where that bar doesn't move and then continue yes. on? It doesn't yes. have to be continuous. So, it can no, it stop can, it as can long stop. as it doesn't go down. Yeah, exactly. So, And then waiting for the rack call at the end as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. And no stumbling. <laughs> no stumbling before you get that rack command. That's right. You've got to make yeah. sure that you're nice and steady with that yeah. bar. Perfect. Yeah. All right, moving from uh, squat, then we're going mm -hmm. into the bench press. Yep. All right. Any particular hot spots on bench? Because I know in the gym, mm -hmm. a lot of times you see when people get heavy, they just start shooting their butts up off the bench, their <laughs> hips rise. All right. So yeah. I'm assuming in competition, maybe again, more for beginners than for advanced lifters. You see mm -hmm. a lot of uh, hips or butts leaving the bench, which wouldn't yeah. be allowed. Yeah. That, Anything else? That would happen. Um, one, one thing that um, sometimes isn't as prevalent, but you do see it um, quite a bit sometimes, is I guess what's termed heaving. So... It's where someone will lower the bar to their chest and instead of having it uh, motionless, they'll keep sinking it. And in the, in, by the rules, you can, you can still sink it, but it has to come to a, like a stop before the head referee can say press. Um, so that's, that's something that 
happens. <laughs> so I would say try, try not to do that. Try really practicing keeping that tension on your chest and pressing it straight up. The other thing is um, after you get the press command, you can't lower it back down into your chest and heave it up. So, right. Yeah, well, th- th- this was actually one of the points I wanted to bring up with you a little bit later was with okay. the, the pause on the bench press. Yeah, we can talk because, about um, yeah, so uh, again, for those listening, when you're doing a powerlifting bench, that bar has to come down, make contact with the chest, and be pers- uh, perfectly motionless still. Yeah. So not Within just reason. not sinking, but <laughs> yeah. not wobbling a lot side yeah. to side as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people think that just because it's touching their chest, that's the pause. But like you're saying with the heaving, I would in the gym call it sort of you're letting your chest compress or you know, yeah. you're letting it sink into the yep. into the chest a bit more. Yep. Um, that bar is still not still. So you have to really be, you know, pulling yourself up tight into that bar so it, it is not, not going to any downward good movement. Good technique, yeah. Yeah, good technique <laughs> is what we want. Yes. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So, okay, that's good. So, you know, hip movement, also making sure that bar is nice and still. Mm-hmm. And the deadlift, that's probably... One of the more simple, you just got to pick it up. Yeah. But again, you see a lot of, um, we don't see a lot of, but there is probably hitching and ramping would be your two hot yeah, spots in uh, yeah. the deadlift. I'm not a fan of the term ramping either. No? Okay. <laughs> no. Would you just call it hitching? <laughs> no, I just I would just call it supporting the bar on the thighs. Okay. So that's how it's referred to in the rule book. Sure. Um, generally across all federations. So when you see that, what will happen is... Um, in, in its most extreme or exaggerated form, you would see like a lifter sitting back and, and holding the bar on their thighs and dragging it up. So it will generally, the bar will generally stop, dig down into the legs, and then they'll use that leverage to pull the bar through to lockout. So that is a big no-no. Yeah. <laughs> so try not to do that in training. <laughs> It's like, I mean, it's obviously fine in strongman. Definitely yeah. not in powerlifting. Yeah, no, definitely 100% legal in strongman, 100% not legal in powerlifting. No. <laughs> so, yeah, and again, that's just when it, it clears the knees, and then instead of continuing with your pull, you're, you're just basically sitting down, letting it rest almost on top of the thigh there, and then, yeah. and then re-angling to pull a different yeah. position. Yeah, yeah Not allowed, guys. Not no. allowed. Um, was there any other sort of myths that you wanted to talk about when it came to powerlifting? Um, that's, that's probably it. I think my big two are definitely um, the use of the term hip crease yeah. um, because that's inaccurate <laughs> and ramping because that's, again, that's not a term that um, exists in the rule book. And I think when you use terms like that, then you're actually detracting from the actual rules and you're making up something that doesn't exist. Sure. So you should just stick to the rule book, stick to what it says. If you don't understand, ask a referee. Okay, so I guess another question that I had for you was um, along the lines of how refing has affected your training or mindset mm-hmm. going into training. I know that when uh, I was playing rugby, um, I'd played for a long time, but when I started coaching, you really look at the game from a completely different aspect. Mm-hmm. You're, you're changing your perspective um, you know, based on what is happening around you that you might not have realized before or even mm-hmm. taken note of before. So I was wondering, have you found that with powerlifting? And if you have, has it been positive or negative? Is it one of those things where there's now all this information that you know <laughs> and you're trying to really be as perfect with everything, but you may be overthinking things? Um, or has it been a positive experience for you? I think on the most part, it's been positive. I definitely um, am a better lifter for it. So being a, a competitor as well as a referee, I think I have I have a far more intimate knowledge now of the rules. Um, and I think on competition day, I'm far more at ease as well. Like I know what's happening. I know what I need to do. I know where I need to be. <laughs> I know how things work. I know how to, um, I, I guess, apply that to my training as well. So making sure I squat to death most of the time. <laughs> I, I pause my bench press. I lock out my deadlifts. You know, I do all of those things so I know that on competition day, I have nothing to worry about. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's been negative in any way. It's actually been really good. And I would encourage anyone that's um, that lifts to 
yeah, get qualified as a referee. And not just to give back, but because it will give them more well-rounded yeah, understanding of definitely. the entire thing. Yeah. 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 Great. One thing that I wanted to bring up with you was um, this thought about uh, extreme body positions in powerlifting. Now, um, I guess I'm going to ask you how common it is, you know, how much you see it, but one of the big problems is I think because powerlifting is it's getting a lot bigger, but mm. for the mainstream, it's still probably a little bit niche, like a bit of a niche sport. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going into high schools here in Australia, particularly people are like, well, not really powerlifting, they're playing footy, playing rugby, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, but all the videos, well, a lot of the videos that make it online, you see these crazy, crazy body positions, these people doing what looks like exorcism on the bench press and, <laughs> and their back looks like it's broken to get up there. And yeah. it's because it's within the rule set, you know, their shoulders are touching, their butt's touching. Mm. They have this ridiculous arch where the, the range of motion of the bar is a, a handful. Yeah, it's very impressive. <laughs> it's it's very a, hand, impressive. a handful of centimeters. Um, you might yeah. see it again with um, in some uh, sumo deadlifters where mm. their feet are so close. And, and by the time they actually get the weight off the ground, it's really only moving a, not a very foot. far at all. Yeah, yeah, right, compared to a normal, what people yeah. would deem a normal lift in mm. the gym or what they're used to. Yeah. Um, do you think that is putting off general population because they think it just looks ridiculous? Do you think um, it's a good thing to have in the sport? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is it really that prevalent at all or is that just really what makes it under the social media, what people see? Yeah, look, I haven't seen many instances of that in real life when I've been refereeing or even competing as well. Um, I think there's only a, a handful of people out of you know hundreds that can actually get into those crazy positions. Like I, I've seen, um, yeah, bench presses that have you know half a foot of you know range of motion, you know, this this much is ridiculous, and you see you're like what? <laughs> but you know, it's it's within the rules, so they're technically allowed to do it. And I've, yeah, I've similarly seen deadlifts, sumo deadlifts, where their stances are so wide that yeah, it's a foot off the floor. So that's they're just sort of lifting it, you know, that that far. Um, I think yeah, it's it's not that prevalent. I think I think it's it's a bit of a it's a bit freaky, it's a bit of a sideshow to see that kind of stuff. Um, and it impresses me. <laughs> but I think uh, like pure strength is more impressive. Pure strength yeah. is more impressive. Yeah. Um, which leads me on to my next point is that if you could, if you were the supreme leader of powerlifting <laughs> around the world and you could make oh, any changes you wanted, uh, what would you do? Because I, I agree that, that pure strength is really impressive. Mm. And when you look at like para, para, para powerlifting, mm. Um, where they don't have the use of their legs, they basically lie flat on a table mm. and just press the bar. Yeah. And it's uh, there's no leg drive, of which in normal powerlifting you see a lot of leg drive and these crazy, or not crazy, but you yeah. know, back arches. I would die. Um, <laughs> is is that is is that sort of display oh. of brute strength is really impressive? Mm. Um, would you, if you had pure? Uh, complete control would you try to change anything or are you happy with how it is at the moment no look i think it's i think it's fine i think like i said it's only like the a very small percentage of lifters that that can do those crazy things here in australia anyway so i probably wouldn't change anything i do find sumo deadlifts that have a very short range of motion a bit ridiculous though so yeah i don't know maybe cut them out cut the sumos out <laughs> yeah. oh, cut the sumos out it's a good thing i'm a conventional lifter Same. i would i would i would i would banish uh i would just have legs up on the bench just nice nice flat body bench because bench is the most useful a uh, useless, useless one anyway it's Use the most useless one anyway yeah, yeah absolutely it's ri ridiculous uh -huh. yeah. all right um with your refereeing, mm -hmm. is it the same qualification uh, or the same level you can coach equipped and raw? Because did you just say coach or referee? Referee, sorry, referee. Yeah, equipped I can. And I, can raw? I can referee both. Yeah. yeah. Is there any 
differences for you? I mean, it's basically the same principles, but one yeah. they're wearing equipment. Yeah, it's it's ba- the rules are the rules are the same. It's just that they're wearing different, um, yeah, different costume, um, costume and equipment. Whatever you want to say, <laughs> that's how it's referred to in the rule book. I sure. sound a bit ridiculous. I've only ever refereed one uh, equipped competition, so it would be difficult to say that I have lots of experience in that area. But they lift differently so i think being aware of those differences uh the technique changes a lot to fill out the equipment yeah yeah so you know different different style of squatting different style of bench pressing and um even deadlifting as well yeah Yeah. and you compete in raw you prefer the referee rule yeah i do yeah Yeah. i mean i I wouldn't mind getting further experience um refereeing equipped lifting but it's not um it's not very big in australia so um it would be difficult the only time I, i get to really do that is at a national event so Sure. Hopefully in seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Some more equipped lifters will come here. <laughs> where, so where is the, the next Nationals? Uh, CAPO Nationals will be here in Perth in seven weeks' time. Fantastic. So, and uh, they're going to have a pretty good turnout, you think? I think so. I think it's over half sold out already. The, there's a cap of 110 lifters over, spread over two days. So um, I'll be competing the first day and <laughs> refereeing the whole of the second day <laughs> to try and get upgraded. <laughs> and that that yeah. will give you the upgrade, hopefully, to hopefully, world level? Hopefully, yeah. Assuming it all goes well. Okay, and, and so we're just throwing out terms like you know national level, world level. Mm-hmm. What what is the uh, system of progressing through the ranks of being a referee in powerlifting? Yeah, look, it's generally sometimes it'll differ between um, federations, but generally in the two federations I referee in, uh, you start out as a novice referee, so that's the base level. The next level is uh, state referee, then national, then world. So depending on your qualification, um, you can referee different types of, of competitions. But generally, to get qualified as a referee, as a base level referee, you have to sit an exam and referee a novice competition. Okay. It's gen- generally how it will work. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then <coughs> aspirations for you going forward as a competitor and as a referee. I mean, you want to get that world level status on the referee. Yes. Uh, what about yourself as a competitor? <laughs> as a competitor, uh, look, just I guess improve, get get stronger. Um, I yeah, I've only been lifting consistently for about three years, so I'm very I guess you would still class me as some somewhat of a novice or in, almost an intermediate, but not quite kind of in transition to that. Transition to intermediate. But, um, yeah, look, I, I I really want to do well at nationals. I ha- didn't have a good meet a few weeks ago. I was really really sick, but I still qualified for nationals, so that was good. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, just keep keep getting stronger i guess yeah um that's, that's the, the that's the that's, that's the goal that's yeah. the dream no oh, i know just right. keep getting stronger <laughs> <laughs> yeah look uh, i'd love a i'd love a 200 kilo deadlift one day that would be incredible would be awesome yeah as a conventional deadlift that would be really cool that's right conventional deadlift conventional deadlift conventional yes. deadlift <laughs> that's right no cheating symbols <laughs> yeah. in here yeah uh, and so what uh, do you find uh the hardest part about being a ref um i think for me personally uh it's the my memory, so I will remember everything <laughs> that I've done in a competition, like refereeing, um, and my mind will replay it for days. Eventually it subsides, um, but that <laughs> I find really difficult to, um, to deal with at times. Um, I think as in you're 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 judging your performance as a ref yeah, constantly after? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I just I remember all of the calls I made and, you know, referees aren't, um, I guess, you know we're, pr- we're we're human we make errors it's like in any sport you know no. 
damn it. Really? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I never make mistakes. What? <laughs> no. No, we make mistakes. Um, I think, you know, as you gain more experience, you're less prone to making those mistakes, but you still make them. And I, like, if I make them, I certainly remember. But I remember lots of stuff, and it just replays through my head, like, <laughs> But um, I think as well, coming down after a big competition, you know, a lot of the, the competitions I referee are two or three days, and you know it's a lot of mental and physical strain on your body and on your mind and on your eyes you know keeping that level of concentration and focus on the platform and on lifters um, for that amount of time i remember at pro roll last year it was my bit my first really big um, international meet refereeing and um, i was making sure i was going to bed at you know 8 30 9 o'clock at night get a you know big night's sleep but I was awake for like three or four hours just because of all the adrenaline that's flying around my system. Ah, no, <laughs> like, you should watch episode seven of the Strength Institute podcast where we have sleep scientists oh. on tell you how to get better sleep. Oh, okay, Dan. Uh, yes. I should probably watch that. Oh, right. <laughs> Everyone else should watch that too. Everyone else should watch that <laughs> yeah. too, yes. Um, and so that's the hardest thing you find. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the easiest? What came most naturally to you about uh, being a ref? I think... Um, all of it. It just I think it just suits my skill set as a person. I have um, an eye for detail. So I think um, when I'm refereeing, I see things very clearly. Um, so I think that's also why I've been able to progress as quickly as I have um, through the ranks. I just I just see stuff. Just see I just see stuff. Right. Six <laughs> yeah. cents right here. Watch out. Red light. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, looking back on the 23 comps that you've ref so far, um, everything mm-hmm. from local all the way up to these big invitationals, mm-hmm. what have been... Uh, like what was the highlight standout event for you whether it be a certain lift or you know someone winning or anything what what stands out as the highlight of your refing career yeah look I think um, definitely big dogs um, in Melbourne last year or in Frankston last year um, the, the message I got from the meet director I will never forget it asking me to referee um, he's also the president of GPC in Australia he's a really awesome guy has a lot of passion uh, for growing the sport of powerlifting and um, I met him obviously at Pro Raw earlier that year and um, I got a message from him I think it was in like September so about a month out from the from the comp I think it was and he sent me a message and he's like hey Zo, how are you going um, just wondering what t-shirt size you are and I was like <laughs> I'm about to just get a either I'm about to get a, a free shirt which is cool yeah everyone or, loves free shirts <laughs> I mean yeah I love free shirts I get lots of free shirts it's great when you referee um, or I'm about to get like the biggest refereeing gig of my life and I was like okay play it cool <laughs> don't say anything stupid <laughs> so I responded and said oh hey um, I'm a size medium in women's <laughs> hope you're doing well <laughs> And he responded back and said, oh, good, because I want all my referees at Big Dogs to be wearing the same shirts. Oh, very and I, cool. And uh, it was very cool. It was in the middle, I was in the middle of my office, and I, like, I squealed. It was hilarious. Yeah. That yeah. uh, was the best day. Oh, um, fantastic. But, yeah, the competition itself was um, incredible. Like, the, the caliber of athletes. For anyone that doesn't know, Big Dogs is um, an invitational uh, for male super heavyweights. So the best of the best in the world lifting the most weight. And super heavyweights, what weight class? Uh, so anything above, it's usually anything above 140 kilos. Uh, there was one lifter last year, um, I think that was just under 140. So, so these are big boys. Very big boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think the podium last year, they were all over um, 1100 kilos. 
Totals. Totals, yeah. yes. And yeah. for those who don't know what a total is, yeah. total is you're going to um, add your biggest squat, bench, and deadlift together. That mm-hmm. gives you your total. Biggest yep. total wins on the day. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And so. they were basically all over 1,100? Yeah, the, the top three. Top yeah, three? Which was incredible. Wow. Yeah. You, what, was the, uh, what was the winning? Oh, you're testing me now. Um, I think I can check, but I think it was like 1,105. That's probably wrong. You can probably check that out okay. if you want. I'll it's a lot, like really, really heavy. <laughs> yeah, incredibly yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think the um, the Australian squat record was broken that day. It was like 460 kilos. Yeah. Just incredible lifting. Um, I think my favorite lifter on the day was definitely Odell Manuel. He's still Australia's number one super heavyweight. And it was just incredible, like seeing these guys because I could watch them warm up for every lift. It wasn't like I was stuck on the platform refereeing because there's only one flight of guys. There's like seven or eight guys. Yeah. Um, with So there's, they have to have a certain, you know, break amount of time between lifts because they're massive guys. They're lifting such huge amounts of weight. But yeah, the, the atmosphere was incredible. And just seeing that in front of my eyes was just... <laughs> So, where's um, Big Dogs hosted? So I know that the um, the Pro Raw is hosted in sync with the Arnold mm. Classic Australia. Yep. Is it its own standalone event, or is it is it put in with some sort of fitness Big Dogs expo? is on its own. It's on its own. Yeah, yeah. So last year it was, um, or every year actually. So that that was Big Dogs three last year. So every year they've had it um, at the Frankston Arts Centre. Okay. Um, but I think this year it's moving into the city, which should make it more accessible for um, Gen Pop as well as everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess we'll finish off now with if you had a word of advice for anyone uh, wanting to get into powerlifting or into powerlifting refereeing, mm-hmm. uh, what would that be? Just give it a go. Don't be afraid to give it a go. I think um, a lot of the time people sort of see referees as sort of like a separate entity. But I think um, I think it's really beneficial if you lift as well as referee because you know how both sides work. So I, I would say, yeah, don't be afraid. Just give it a go. There you go. Boys, girls, young, old, Mm. get involved. Get stuck in. Awesome. Well, Zoe, thanks very much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope everyone enjoyed listening and watching along. And if you haven't already, please like, share, subscribe, help the channel grow. Thank you very much.